We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Well, you wake up and you read that Aaron Jones has a new agent. You're thinking, oh, okay, great. The talks that uh, seemingly had stalled between himself and uh, the Green Bay Packers, maybe they're back on track, and then you read uh, Drew Rosenhaus. Oh. That's the, uh, that's the baseball equivalent of hiring Scott Boris, who is going to bust you out, put you in free agency. Unless, of course, the Packers franchise tag him, but uh, the franchise tag estimate for 2021 is $10.8 million a year. Do you wrap up that much money into your running back position when you know you have other holes to fill? So I, that's, that's, that's your question. That's your question. The best defense overall in football right now is the Rams, and when you look at you know yards per play and such and total yards given up, uh, then followed by the Saints, who have come on uh, very much so as of late. Pittsburgh, number three. You look at Washington, San Francisco, Indianapolis, and you go down. Do you know that the total yards given up after 13 games played, let me say this, number eight in the National Football League, eight is the Green Bay Packers. Now, Packers on a yards per play average, if uh, you're kind of looking at that, they rank 17th. So they're below the bottom half. They're below the bottom half. When you look at yards through the air against them, the Green Bay Packers, as it sits right now, uh, have had a decent season, not great, but they're sitting at number 12. It's not terrible, right? The rushing yards that have been given up so far this season by the Packers ranks them number 11, believe it or not. Uh, then you look at where they've given up uh, touchdowns. Uh, they rank number 18th with rushing touchdowns. Yards per average per play, uh, the Packers do not rank 
very highly when it comes to yards per play on the ground. They rank 26th as of right now. 26th. So you can clearly tell where the the issues have been. Um, you can get further into statistics and talk about third down percentages and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but, but when you look at the defense, you know what the holes are, right? You know what the holes are. Uh, Packers, uh, as far as total sacks go, Packers aren't bad off. I mean, they've got 35 total. Pittsburgh's number one at 45. Packers are 10th overall in the National Football League, even though the sacks have not been anywhere near as fluid as they were last year. But they're sitting at number 10 right now. It's not a terrible spot to be. Um, so the question then becomes, do you want to see the Packers, if need be, franchise tag their running back, Aaron Jones? And again, uh, I, I This one's from Jacob, and Jacob says, uh, why would you franchise tag Aaron Jones? What does he do for you? Uh, he says, you've got two other running backs in the fold. Why would you not just run with them rather than spending all your money on one guy? Have you, you know, look, I understand there's a perception that running backs are a dime a dozen, and, and running backs in their second contract most of the time don't work out, which is really why you wanted to get a deal done now so you could maybe accelerate a little bit of that money to this season. But Aaron Jones, they have they have saved him. They have had a really good one-two punch. And they have saved him from carrying the ball 25. Because once you sign that big money, it doesn't matter where he goes, he's going to be the bell cow. And if you're a team that runs a football, you're going to see it anywhere from 20 to 25, 27 times a game. And he's got a good mix right now. Getting about 10, 15, maybe 18 carries a game, five or six touches out of the backfield uh, through the air. So anywhere from 18, we'll say 17, 18 touches up to 23, 25 touches a game. That's not bad. And he's a guy that just, if you see him via the eyeball test, I mean up close, up close and you watch him, he just has a different gear. He's got a different something. He just does. So it's easy to say, yeah, well, you know, running backs are a dime a dozen. Really good running backs with that little extra something, That's those are few and far between. Now, where you are 100% correct is once a running back loses that little extra something that makes him special, he becomes like everybody else. So what are you paying for? But you never know when that running back is going to lose that. Aaron Jones has been – you know, first two seasons, he was underutilized. He was a little bit nicked up. I 100% agree. But the last two years, he missed two games this season. I'm not penalizing him for that. He's missed two games. That's it. 855-830-8648. Let's go to Denny listening to us at home. And Denny, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? What you thinking? Hello, Bill. Hey, Danny. My question, Bill, my question for you is, with the running backs at a premium this year, like Cook is having a good year and everybody, and now with Rosenhaus as as uh, his agent and stuff, 
doesn't that really just kind of tell you that uh, he's just kind of saying goodbye unless we do franchise him? And my second question was, do you think the Packers and the penalties that they've been committing is going to hurt them down the road somewhere? Uh, okay, let me say this. I'll, I'll take that in two parts. Appreciate the phone call. First and foremost, will they franchise him? I, I can't imagine them doing that. It's possible. If they feel that they really need him to make this thing go and they want to keep him around uh, and they can't come to an agreement with Drew Rosenhaus, they, sure. Uh, but $10.8 million, almost $11 million a year wrapped up in a running back, I just don't know that they want to do that. As a matter of fact, I know they don't want to do that. They'd rather get him for about 8 to 9 uh, but you look at Joe Mixon's contract, four years, $48 million, averaging out to $12 million a year. You look at Dalvin Cook's deal, five years, $63 million. You know, that's that's a that's a ginormous chunk of change right there. So, you, you know, you know what the deals are right now. You know? You know that running backs right now are getting paid. You know, then you look at McCaffrey's deal, uh, deal four years, $64 million. $16 million that tops the running back's pay scale, $16 million a year. So it's gone up, and he's one of the most productive guys in the league right now, and he's right now woefully underpaid. So, yeah, he's going to go from a couple million dollars total in his contract to now, you know – Eight, ten, thirteen, fifteen million dollars a year. You know he's he's made a couple million bucks this you know over his contract, but now he's ready to make ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen million dollars a year, and I just don't think the Packers are going to be able to pay him. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. As far as the penalties go, uh, when you talk about the penalties and what's cost them, uh, it's something that you know you hate to say clean it up or they need to fix or they you know. It seems like they come in bunches because this Packers team, when it comes to penalties, they they have not been a heavily penalized team. You know what I mean? They have not been a heavily penalized team this season. As a matter of fact, the Packers rank seventh least penalized, defensively speaking, the seventh least penalized team in all of football. New Orleans, number one. Followed by Houston, the Rams, the Ravens, the 49ers, the Giants, and then the Packers. The most penalized team has been the Tennessee Titans. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Arizona, and Cincinnati, and it goes on down from there. But the seventh least penalized team. It's not like it's problematic in the sense that uh, it has been a a season-going thing. Uh, It's just been as of late. So I want to say it's the – it's the pre-snap penalties that just stink. It's the jumping off sides, trying to jump the snap count and getting that extra step and getting caught. That's what stinks. That's something that, defensively speaking, you just can't do. You, you can't be, you're not a great defense to begin with. You can't be giving teams extra yardage. You just can't. So will that become problematic? I, you certainly hope not because it hasn't been problematic all season long. 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. You want to chime in, feel free to do so. 
Got some reaction over on the Facebook fan page as well. More Twitter comments to get to. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, hit me up at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us there. A reminder, we're going to talk a lot about this upcoming game and about the Packers' stance in the NFC. Uh, coming up on Thursday night, the Bill Michaels Huddle is back. It's brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer, but we're going to have a good conversation coming up this uh, Thursday night. Tim Allen is going to be here along with Bart Winkler, both from our flagship station out of Milwaukee, 1250 AM, The Fan. That's the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer coming up 6 to 8 on Thursday night. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. We're on the air. We are glad to have you. It was cold today, waking up. It was it was nippy, but I ah, I was feeling good inside. Why? I have pillow windows and doors in my home, and uh, I highly recommend that you do as well. And if you don't, and you're thinking about replacing those leaky doors, the leaky windows, maybe they're not safe, maybe they don't lock, what have you, um, simply get a hold of my friends over at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella installs year-round, and with every leaky window and door that you replace, you're going to be able to start saving on those uh, energy bills in both the winter and in the summer uh, as well. And better still, with their latest Pella Now and Pay Later offer, you can uh, get no money down, no payments, no interest for 12 months. Plus, you get to save an extra 500 bucks on the qualifying orders if you do it right now before the end of the month. That keeps that jingle back in your pocket. Uh, you can do some holiday shopping with it. Uh, but, it, again, it's only through the end of the month. The four things you want from Windows. One, they're economical. Two, they're beautiful. Three, you want to you wanna feel really safe. Uh, you want to be uh, able to be secure in your home. You don't want to have to put that stick in the door or in the windows. You want to feel good. And then obviously as value to your home as well, and with uh, property values being at an all-time high, that uh, certainly helps, and you get your get your return back in that. So go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, and do what I did. Get a hold of our friends Gina Della and the whole gang at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. Uh, would you... Would you use the franchise tag on Aaron Jones if necessary? Would you use the franchise tag on Aaron Jones if necessary? 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. A lot of people chiming in over on the, uh, the Facebook fan page. Want to hit you up over there as well. So if you've got some comments, fire them off to us. Uh, with the Bakhtiari extension, the big money for Rodgers kicking in, we will be $19 million in the hole for next year's salary cap. Add in the $4 million for the draft picks that you need to purchase $23 million off the books before you can even look at signing anyone else. So if you give Jones $10 million, you, you would need to cut $33 million off of the books. So if you want them, please tell me who you're going to get rid of to make it work. Uh, that is from Walt. Gary says uh, teams should never pay for a long-term contract on a running back. Their careers are way too short. I love Jones, but feel that they would be better off letting him go than having a huge cap hit. Uh, this is uh, from Mitch. says, even though it's a business, I would feel bad for the guy. Certainly worth a bunch and deserves a big contract. 
Uh, and again, usually the first year of a running back going someplace else, you just very rarely live up to that deal. Because when you get into a new system, you're learning new linemen, what their tendencies are. You're learning the new rhythm of the offense. You're learning a new quarterback. You're learning a new system. You're learning new calls. And that's why it's kind of like, you know, look, uh, the only way the contract works, the money works, is if he stays here. Otherwise, he's never, you would, I shouldn't say never, but it's very rare that as a running back, you live up to the expectation when you go to a different team. Um, Joseph says a, a better option than paying him what I suspect he wants. Uh, but re- reality is if they have no plan to pay him, they should just let him go. Uh, Terrence says pay him or let him go. No point in playing games. Either they value him or not. He's probably worth more than what they're paying. Well, they're only paying him a couple million dollars in his first contract total. So he's obviously worth a lot more. Let's go to the phone calls. Talk to Chris listening to us in Brookfield. Chris, welcome to the program and the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, bud. How you doing? Happy holidays. What's happening? You too, pal. Well, I, I personally think uh, your starting center is not going to be back here next year. That gives you room to, to sign him either, like you said, all possibilities, a flight franchise tag, because you got uh, Jenkins sitting there as a Mr. Beat taking over for Corey Lindsley at center. Lindsley's got a back issue problem. I don't see them re-signing him for uh, big, big dollars like he's going to want to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got another question for you, Bill. This is totally on a defensive side of football. They got the new uh, defensive uh, coach from Minnesota, and I thought, oh, man, we're going to see a, a more aggressive, more better defensive backfield. But it seems nothing's changed. They're still lining up way off the receivers, whether it's third and short, third and long, giving them plenty of room to make the, the, the throws and plenty of room to complete it for first downs. When in the hell are they going to start having a defense that actually gets aggressive and jams these receivers, cause confusion so they can't get off and start sprinting on their outs? Are they afraid that they don't have the capability of the defensive backs who can turn their hips and run with these guys? Or is it just stupidity, in my opinion? But I well, say, it, it, there's a lot there. of things. Part of it is is what the personnel packages that Mike Pettin is calling. Appreciate the phone call that Mike Pettin is calling. Okay, that's the first thing. Um, and, and then you look when you talk about different coaches and such. Mike Pettin, he's the one that pers- puts the personnel groups out there. I'd love to see more of Kamal Martin personally, uh, him and Barnes. I'd like to see more of those two guys on the field. I mean, I know Kirk Olavadotti, the inside linebackers coach, has raved about them at times. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, him. He works with Mike Smith, who's the outside linebackers coach. Uh, Jerry Gray has been around for a while when you get into the defensive backs side of things. Um, so, and then Jerry Montgomery obviously works with the, with the defensive line, but the way I look at it is, you know, when you're lining up that deep in certain situations, you are basically what you're saying is nobody's going to get behind me. I'm not going to give up the score. Okay. I'll give up a first down, but I'm not going to give up the score. The problem is when you give up first down after first down after first down, as we all know, you watch teams march down the field and then they get tight. And then the Packers are, you know, they give up a touchdown, but more often than not, they'll give up a field goal. But I agree with you. Sometimes it's like, just stick with what gets you there, you know? And it's not that I want to see them take unnecessary risks and chances, but I like the secondary. I think it's a damn good secondary. And unless, now Mike Pett may have his reasons and may never tell us, maybe there's, 
some guys who don't get the complexity of an offense of what it is they're supposed to do. So you got to play to your strengths. You don't play to a weakness. If a guy doesn't get, say, man coverage or if a guy doesn't get, say, zone coverage and who he's supposed to take, and we've seen that this year where two guys have taken one guy and the other guy runs wide open, and next thing you know, you've got a guy running down the field and guys are trying to catch him. And suddenly he's into the end zone and we're screaming at Mike Pettin, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Um, maybe you just don't have guys that can attend Mensa meetings on a week-in and week-out basis. I, I mean, I don't know what the reason is. But I do know that there are times where – I, I I'm just I'm looking at this team on the field and I'm going what well, you know, it's 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 a third and six and you're playing third and fourteen what you know third and ten what are you doing you know you're giving them the first down a quick out gets the first down so what are you giving it away for what are you giving away another set of downs what are you giving away your team to stay on the field for another set of downs what are you giving away the 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 excess of energy for you know, and and that I completely get. Um, and that is going to be something they're going to have to address again at the end of the season, whether or not it's Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator or somebody else. Um, I still look at what they're doing right now and in indoctrinating Rashawn Gary and these linebackers, whether or not it's going to start to continue to come together uh, because the sacks are not – they're starting to come. The sacks are starting to come. The problem is they're coming against teams of lesser ilk. So are you buying fool's gold if you believe that this is starting to come? Or are you saying, you know what, I'm seeing things, yeah, these guys are really starting to get it done, and they're going to carry that over against better teams, such as the Tennessee Titans, when they came when they come rolling into Lambeau Field, and then into the postseason against better teams. It's just whether or not you believe in this defense at this point. Whether you believe they can, one, they can just sustain, or two, they can actually get better. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. You want to chime in? By all means, do it. Uh, let's see here. Um, Scott says the uh, franchise tag for Aaron Jones, not as big as I originally thought. And if the salary cap goes down, so should franchise and transi- transition tags. And the Packers never use a transition tag, as far as I know. Maybe. Uh, Pat says at $10.8 million, uh, for a production player like Aaron Jones, you would figure out a way to keep him around if they would have to franchise tag him. I just don't think they can swing the franchise tag on him. Um, because of the where their salary cap position is right now. Now, again, you can, as David Bakhtiari stated, you can make anything work. You can figure it out. But it's whether or not you want to do that. It's one thing to do it for a guy like David Bakhtiari. It's another thing to do it for a guy, a wide receiver like a Devontae Adams. But do you do it for a running back on his second contract in the league? You know? John says, yes, sign him. Scott says, got to tag him. Dan says, yep, got to do it right now. Um, this is from Chris who says, yeah, I would put the franchise tag on him and keep him around. Um, Mike says he probably could get more on the open market if it's going to be between 12 and $15 million a year. Well, it might be for what his productivity is. 855-830-8648. If you want to chime in, feel free. We're going to talk with Ben Fennel, film analyst for the NFL Network. We're going to talk with him about Aaron Jones and about this Packers team when we come back. Packers right now sitting atop the NFC. Good football team, but how good are they? Where do they kind of rank among some of the best of the best in the NFC? We'll ask Ben Fennel when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 
Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Michael, we are back. We are glad you are with us. Going to break down some of the Green Bay Packers film and talk about uh, the rest of the uh, National Football League as well. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline right now, Ben Fennel, NFL film analyst at uh, the NFL Network. You can find him at Ben Fennel underscore NFL. Ben, how you been? I'm doing fantastic here. Middle December, as crazy as that is, and uh, always fun to reflect back on the games we saw over the weekend. Well, let me ask you, we've got a lot of discussion about uh, Aaron Jones and what he means to this Green Bay Packers team, and he's changed agents. And, you know, I know they're trying to figure out something, uh, a way to keep him involved. How important is, in your opinion, Aaron Jones to the offense of the Green Bay Packers? Well, I think he's proven to be obviously be a touchdown magnet, but he's a big play, you know, player in both the run game and the pass game. And not only his ability to – you know, be isolated in the pass game and make plays down the field and obviously get the yards when the plays are blocked perfectly. But the number of big plays this guy creates when things aren't perfect, which I think is the number one factor of determining who's an elite back versus just a very good back. And week in and week out, he makes more yardage than the plays blocked for. You go right to that 75-yard touchdown last week against Philadelphia. They didn't block the middle linebacker. But it didn't matter. He can make players miss. He can play, make players miss in space with speed. He can make players miss with power and contact balance. Being a dual threat back, good in pass pro, he's as well-rounded and as an explosive playmaker as there is in the NFL. So my question is, if you were to say, look at him compared to whomever you feel is the best back in the NFL, um, you know, how would you compare him? I don't want to say rank because that's that that gets a little unfair. But how just how would you compare him? Well, I think he's comparable to an Alvin Kamara. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is a little bit more elite in the run game. I think Christian McCaffrey is a little bit more elite in the pass game. I really, you know, kind of think he's a similar type of talent to Alvin Kamara in that he's pretty good in both phases of the game. He could run the ball between the tackles, perimeter back going to do a lot of work in the pass game as well uh, through different levels of the defense and all those backs in that 2017 class are starting to get paid like Cook and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and um, uh, Christian McCaffrey so you know Aaron Jones seems like he's next on that list and it was just a matter of time for him to be featured like those other elite running backs around the NFL and we've seen it the past two years and he's proven to be uh, you know one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. Another guy that's starting to emerge, we're seeing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his best game coming out of Detroit, six uh, targets, six catches, almost 100 yards, a touchdown. Uh, How much has his game developed just by looking at him on film? Well, he's as consistently inconsistent as any player I've ever studied, and it's a roller coaster on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, it's great to see him make six catches on six targets and even generate a first down on a penalty. Now it's all about stacking performances for young players. 
You had a great game, a confidence-boosting game. Everybody still believes in you, especially the quarterback. Now start stacking these performances. And that's where Marquez Valdez-Scantling needs to clean up his game. He needs to be a more consistent player. He's proven to be that down-the-field guy. You know, he's let us down a little bit on the underneath stuff, whether it's drops or fumbles or timing and communication with the quarterback. Now that you had a great, clean game, start stacking these performances. Now you can do it back-to-back, three straight games, and now suddenly you start to forget about some of those lapses. What do you notice about Aaron Rodgers' game this season versus recent seasons as opposed to, you know, I compare it the fluidity of the offense and the confidence with which he plays and almost the ease with which he makes it look. I compare that to, like, what he was doing in 2011, putting up those, you know, historic numbers. You tell me what do you see different about Rodgers this season. Well, he's obviously playing within the structure of the offense, which is a very well-designed offense. He's playing very rhythmically and on schedule. But the offense scheme is doing a lot of things to make it quarterback-friendly, which this offense wasn't very quarterback-friendly for the better part of a decade. Aaron Rodgers had to make amazing throws and you know really create a lot of plays out of structure. He had to be the superhero. And that's what my tongue-in-cheek comments of calling him an elite game manager right now aren't a negative. Let the offense move the ball down the field. Let the scheme uncover guys with bunches and stacks and all that pre-snap motion and all these schematic elements to make offense easier, to make the quarterback's job easier. And that's what I've seen from Aaron Rodgers in 2020. I'm not seeing a guy that's wowing me with his play. I'm seeing a guy that's playing incredibly efficient, taking what the defense gives him, and letting some of these playmakers do a lot of the dirty work. And it looks like he's having a lot of fun doing it. And I think it's a formula for Aaron Rodgers to play until he's 43, 44, 45 years old because you see him playing you know, pretty clean and upright on a week-to-week basis. Talking with Ben Fennell from the NFL Network, NFL Film Analyst. Now I want to go to the defensive side of the football. Uh, philosophically speaking, there are times where fans just get irate. Why are you playing 11 yards <laughs> off a guy when they only need six on a third down and things like that? Why are you sticking and living and dying with nickel and dime when you're not putting beef up front? Why are you not running linebacker? I mean, can you tell philosophically what it is? The, and just from the outside looking in, you tell me what the Packers do, uh, do well and maybe not so well. Well, what my disclaimer would be for fans is, to come up with a formula before the game on what you want them to focus on. And that's what I've done with Mike Pettin's defense the past few years. I want them to buckle down in the red zone, occasionally make those impact turnovers or plays uh, in the backfield on the quarterback getting sacks, and at the end of the day, try to get off the field and prevent the big plays over the top. But every scheme has a pro and con to it. There's no defense that eliminates everything, or I have news for you, everybody would play that. So before a snap, you have to say, if you're playing zone coverage, these are the pros of of zone, these are the cons. If you want to play press man, I got news for you. There's pros and cons to play press man as well. So we can't just be mad at the results all the time because, you know, offenses execute against the vulnerability of the defense. There's vulnerabilities in every defense. Now, Mike Pettin's style is let's keep it in front of you, which is great. We've prevented the big plays, which really plagued this defense under the Dom Capers era. And, you know, they're buckling down in the red zone and hopefully getting into third and medium, third and long, and making enough plays in the backfield on the quarterback to get off the field. I think that's a sustainable formula. And when you look around the league in 2020, it's tough to play defense. There's shootouts every week, and 
if the Packers end up winning a game 45-41, a win is a win is a win, and that's kind of the nature of 2020 football. Outscore your opponent. I guess the old adage of defense wins you championships, does that go by the wayside, or is it just defense sustains your offense? Well, I, if, if it does, I haven't seen it lately, and I'm going to need you to point me to a defense that's dominating and really uh, leading a team uh, you know, in the win column on the defensive side of the ball. I see prolific offenses being the, the generator of points and lighting up scoreboards and getting into these track meets. I don't think we have any you know, Legion of Boom or, you know, those Baltimore Ravens dominant defenses holding opponents to 10, 15 points anymore. I think you're getting into these 30, 40 point shootouts and it may be a year, two, three years before defense can, can really buckle down and figure out how to stop this new age offense in the NFL. I guess um, I wanted to ask you specifically about some of the young guys on the defense. I wanted to talk about Rashawn Gary, if you've had a chance to really focus on him, and Kamal Martin, and, and some of these younger guys on this defense. Do these look like promising prospects that uh, eventually will begin to fill the bill when it comes to uh, the Green Bay Packers defensively speaking? Yeah, I think they have a couple of nice parts. I think Rashawn Gary's been playing really good football this year, just hasn't shown up in the stat sheet on the front side of the season. I think the past couple of weeks, he's really turned it on, started to make a couple more impact plays, particularly in the sack column, which gets fans excited and seemingly buys him a little bit more time to keep developing and a little bit more patience from the fan base, which you want production at a first-round pick. So it just is what it is. And uh, I think we point to too many success stories and say, if he's doing it, why can't he do it? Not every player is like that. And I think we should point to Devontae Adams to say, a little bit of patience can go a long way, and you never know what type of gem can produce out the back door. Kamal Martin is a really interesting player. He's playing super fast, which I haven't seen this type of explosive movement patterns in the middle of the Packers' defense in probably ever. I don't know if I've ever seen that. However, he's hmm. almost playing too fast, a little too reckless, a little too out of control. He's missing some tackles in the backfield. He missed the big tackle on the punt return of Jalen Rieger last week against Philadelphia that led to a touchdown. But I would rather dial back the aggressive guy than try to get the passive guy to be more aggressive. So I like what he's put on tape so far. Just needs to slow down just a little bit, which I think is manageable uh, for the young linebacker. You know, but there's a lot of interesting players, and I think you just need a little bit of patience with some of the, some of these parts uh, out on the back end. It was really great to see seventh-round pick Vernon Scott uh, get some reps in Raven Green's role which I think is going to continue to build. And I think there's a lot of really nice, intriguing talent on this Packers defense. Well, you, you mentioned special teams. Uh, they've had some bugaboos over the last few weeks, giving up points <laughs> against Indianapolis, giving up points against Philadelphia, obviously uh, the long run back that they had against Detroit. Uh, one of those things that if you don't get fixed can really rear its ugly head when you talk about the postseason. Tell me what you're seeing uh, special teams-wise with this team right now that has been problematic. Well, in a weird reflection, you know, I was studying Alabama over the weekend, and there's 100 guys on these college rosters. But senior, receiver, Heisman candidate, Devontae Smith, yeah, he had the punt return touchdown. He also plays punt gunner. Oh, yeah, Patrick Sertan is going to be a top 10 corner in this NFL draft. He sprung the big block on the punt return. So what my point is, the Alabama Crimson Tide, their best players play special teams. And there's plenty of five-star freshmen that are just dying to get on the field. But no, no, no. Senior receiver Devontae Smith plays special teams. And I just don't see that with the Packers on a week-to-week basis. It doesn't seem like their best players are always out there on those special teams units. 
That's mm-hmm. where a lot of these back-end roster guys are getting called up the day before, whether it's, you know, Juwan Winfrey's or Daphne's or, you know, Henry Black's of the world, all those kind of fringe roster guys that get activated are now being hodgepodge on these coverage units. And if there's maybe a guy that isn't used to a role or doesn't have the, you know, communication or cohesion with the rest of the group, all of a sudden one lapse or vulnerability in your, in your coverage lane on a punt or a kickoff can be a big return. So, you know, it's a, it's a fine line because fans would obviously say, well, let's make sure we save Jair Alexander for defense until you give up some punt return touchdowns and all of a sudden you want your big dogs out there. So I'd like to see a little bit more veteran presence on some of those special teams units. Ben, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. We're going to chat again soon for sure, okay? Absolutely. Take care. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Ben Fennell joining us for a couple of minutes, giving us a little bit of the breakdown when it comes to the film, what's actually on film when it comes to uh, when it comes to some of these things that we've discussed. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. And just like that, the holiday season It's here, and no matter what the holidays are that you celebrate this December, please remember to give the gift to farmers and refinery workers and truck drivers and dispensaries. You can choose unleaded 88 at the pump for your car if it's newer than 2001, or go with E85, the flex fuel in the flex fuel vehicle. If it says flex fuel on the back of your car, the green gas cap, you know what I'm talking about. I use it. I encourage everybody to do the same. You can reduce the amount of petroleum in your gas and replace it with that new renewable corn ethanol. Increased demand for ethanol in our gasoline, it's there. It helps all the farmers. It helps the refinery workers. Like a ripple on a pond, it has an effect. And it's not its not something you're going out of your way to do. You, everybody needs gas anyway. So just think about it. The next time you're at the pump, the next time you're there, be an advocate for the farmers. Be an advocate for the refinery workers. God knows they need it. All you got to do is put in unleaded 88 in your vehicle if it's newer than 2001. And if you've got a flex fuel vehicle, just give it a shot, E85. Okay, E85. It's an easy decision, and economically it makes a lot of sense for everybody. For all the information and to dispel all the myths, go to abetterfuel.org. That is abetterfuel.org. Uh, you got to go to the barber when you need information, right? That, that's where you go. we got more right after this. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers host the Panthers and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater this Saturday night at 7.15 here at Lambeau Field. Packers running back Aaron Jones says he got some of his best blocks downfield from his wide receivers, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling. When you have defenders who have angles, you have your teammates as well. That's why Marquez hustling downfield, I was able to kind of hit the e-break uh, and, and cut back because of his hustling downfield. Aaron Jones has fired his agent over the weekend and hired a new representative, agent Drew Rosenhaus, to get Jones a new deal with either Green Bay or some other team in the offseason. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said the Lions defense actually did a good job of holding Jones and Jamal Williams to just under 120 yards rushing Sunday in Detroit. They did a nice job of, of playing our run. If you watch, it was primarily single safety all night long and, you know, you're going to run into some more loaded boxes and and then Detroit did a nice job of, of making sure that the linebackers were aggressive, that peeled our, so our line couldn't hold those combination blocks as long as we'd like them to. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. 
You know, when you get your hair cut, it's hard to find a really good person. When you find somebody like me, I found Shaniqua years ago, and Shaniqua cuts my hair, and I trust her with everything, okay? Giannis, you got to go to Giannis's barber to find out what's going on. So, Radio Joe Zola, you, you got all the info on uh, the, the goodbye tweet from the barbers, right? So, this went viral just uh, a few days ago. Giannis's barber had put out an Instagram post, and basically he was thanking Giannis for all this time here in Milwaukee. And so, everyone grabbed a hold of it. Everybody shared it. Every Bucks fan and their mother was freaking out about it. <laughs> uh, so, now... Uh, a Bucks fan uh, credited him, Justin Wills. He actually sent a message to the barber just trying to find out what happened. And the barber clarified. He said he never, Giannis never told me he was leaving. Tabloids got a hold of my post and made something that really wasn't anything wasn't. there. Um, he says, in my personal opinion, him staying is more likely. He loves it here. He just wants to win. So Justin Wills screenshotted that he put that out on Twitter um, and that went viral. So a lot of Bucks fans could just, you know, take a big deep breath and relax a little bit. Now, with all that being said, uh, we're six days away from the deadline of Giannis signing something, whether that's a Supermax right. or just some kind of extension. Um, am I getting a little nervous? Yeah, a little bit. I still believe that he will sign something um, before the 21st. Now, if he doesn't, um, I am not going to be a happy camper, and neither will a lot of Bucks fans. Uh, Giannis really, that, that, that's to, for Giannis to sit there throughout the season, not sign a contract, and then just say that, you know, he's not focused on the future. Well, it's going to be a huge distraction. I don't care how you put it. It's, it's going to be a distraction. It's not just going to be from the media. It's going to be from fans, too. Fans are going to be really upset if this dude doesn't sign something here. Yeah, that's just it. The fans are going to be just PO'd. Now, people are going to just hold their breath until he says, I'm staying. But, man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You, you. you don't want to worry about the future, but yet you're going to put it in jeopardy by sitting there and saying, I'm not going to sign anything right now. He doesn't have to. But, man, I I just can't imagine it. Can't imagine it. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. A lot more to get to. Going to talk some Packers football. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to join us coming after the top of the uh, top of the hour. And then Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network at the bottom. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.